Yo, this is BJ Gador, and on this episode, I will share my seven lessons from training in the extreme heat this summer. I think you'll really enjoy it. Plus, I'm going to answer a handful of critical member questions from thedailybj.com. Here we go. back. So let's talk seven lessons from training in the extreme heat. Several months ago, we moved to the desert and, you know, I've, I've had some hot days. Okay. But I've gotten to know heat in a way I never knew before the last several months. It's regularly been, you know, 110 to 120 during the day. And then some days the sun index is just off the chart. So even I mean, there are some days where it's actually the temperature is lower, but the sun index is higher. So it's just a stronger sun. And it's a sauna. I mean, I, I am used to training at very comfortable temperatures, like 65 to 75 degrees. That's kind of been the range of where I've looked to train in most of my fitness crew because, again, I'm trying to maximize performance and prevent overheating, all that stuff. But it's been so strange. And I'll talk about this in, in the lessons coming up, but this performance reduction I've gotten from training in the extreme heat, 50 degrees, you know, sometimes 50 degrees warmer than I've been used to training in. When I, when I started, when we moved here the first day or two, and I was trying to get into my walk, and I typically walk 40 to 60 minutes, about seven minutes into the walk, I said to myself, I might need to turn back now. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I was still learning the lay of the land and I was feeling the effects just seven minutes in. I mean, you breathe in the air and it inside your body feels just like a sauna. From the moment the air hits your nostril hairs to the way it comes through into your airways, filling your diaphragm, your lungs, all the respiratory muscles around the rib cage, you just feel it all heat up the way it does in a sauna. But usually people sit in a sauna. They don't, you know walk in it or speed walk or weight fest walk. And they certainly don't do these insane 60 to 90 minute wows or workouts of the week from the dailybj.com. So I started with just 15 minutes. I've worked my way up to being able to handle a load of several hours a day. I'm sorry, several hours a day in the extreme heat. And I've just come away with so many lessons and takeaways. And I'm so grateful for it because, you know, I'm about to be 39 next month. And man, this heat is giving me a loot, not only a new lease on life, but I think it's going to give me another 15 years in my career because I am never, not never, but I'm rarely stiff and I get warm instantly and I can maintain that warmth in my muscles and joints almost indefinitely. It's really pushed me on days when Chris Warren or C-Dubs, our videographer for thedailybj.com, Great man. We've had some good times when he comes out here one Wednesday 
every month to film the next month's content for the dailybeacher.com. We go all day. Usually we actually had to break up our last shoot in the, for some pool time, little shake of the day. And then we finished the most recent shoot with an epic ribeye, Brussels sprouts, mama's biscuits. You know, they were there, uh, some avocado chips, just there's nothing like a rewarding, solid protein and produce meal, especially steak and veggies, potato, um, and the biscuit at the end of a long day where you kind of empty the tank and really push yourself. And I mean, even Chris, uh, holding that camera and just being in, just being exposed to the heat that long. I mean, it take, it took me about three to five days to recover from it this past week. So, um, you got to respect the heat. And again, my, it's one thing to tell you is just, I really, it's just so funny. Things are starting to come together for, for me in my life where I'm just starting to make uh, less idiotic decisions. Like in the past, I would have tried to do uh, push myself and do an hour or two hour walk the first time versus the 15 minutes I started with. And I would have just like destroyed myself. And then I would have started to just fear the heat. And now I, I respect it, but I'm not afraid of it. And I know what it does for me. I know how to adjust my training accordingly. And I'm also grateful for it because it, it's pushed me in different ways, especially from a resilience standpoint, because when you step outside and it's 120 degrees, it's almost, I mean, I almost feel like a fucking astronaut. You know what I mean? Like you step out and you just feel the weight of the atmosphere. Just that heat pressure just sits on you. Almost like you have a weight vest on before you even start. But what it forces me to do is get into this focus flow state and instantly get into my breathing and focus on that. So it's been amazing. Just the meditative transformation as well. But I had a meltdown last week. I was doing wow 22 and you know, I only made it through half the workout. This is the first time this happened to me this year. And I think it was really a week of just, I've been hitting it hard outside for a while. You know, we, we shoot content almost every day and just shooting that content uh, just takes a lot out of you. The phones make it impossible sometimes too, because they overheat quick and then you got to come in and out and switch phones. But you know, it's a couple hours a day of also filming that stuff in the sun and that starts to wear on me too. So we were about to go on a spontaneous, like 48 hour getaway to the Malibu to Panga area. And I was about to hit this workout to finish off um, at least this part of the week and get to our weekend. Very excited for that. And I'm doing the 10 minute form and wrist mobility flow. And I'm like, well, honestly, man, I, I, right there, I was starting to question. I, I don't think I'm going to get through this workout because I was, I was way too fatigued from this 10 minute wrist warm up. I mean, these are good drills and everything else. By the way, that wrist flow, it's a game changer. Made that from scratch, by the way. Cooked it up from scratch. Uncle Baby likes to do it. But I knew I was in trouble. And the down dog flow was just like particularly menacing. I've been doing EHO or every hour on the hour, you know, hangs all year. I've talked about it. But I've also been mixing in down dogs too. And I just came up with an excellent video on all my social media outlets at BJ Godur, BJGA. Double D-O-U-R, my eight favorite down dog variations. There's also a 10-minute down dog follow-along flow in this month's uh, workout of the week as well that members are really enjoying, kind of muscle meets uh, mobility. And you'll really just mobilize the hips and the shoulders. And particularly great if you have back and shoulder pain, you get plank work and push-up work built in, scapular work. I've uh, been loving it, but I've been doing those often too. But man, when you do the down dog outside, like the ground is hot. And you know, it's funny because we're talking yoga and this was the whole Bikram boot camp thing. 
I'm sorry, well, it was Bikram Yoga, but I used to call it. We had in Milwaukee when we had our boot camp. You know, we I would often call it, or some members would Bikram boot camp because it got hot in there too. You get 20 to 50 people in a 1,000 square foot space, especially during the summer because we didn't have air conditioning. We got fans running, and you know, and Milwaukee's cold as fuck most of the year, but we get 80, 90, sometimes 100 in the summer months, and uh, it got pretty brutal. But you know, people love to sweat, and there was there we actually lived, we still have a condo that we're actually thinking of unloading maybe next year, seeing how the real estate market works out uh, in Milwaukee on the riverfront. And right across from our unit was this Bikram yoga studio. And I'd always, you know, we drive by every day and open windows and everybody's just naked and sweaty. And uh, you know, it's, it's not something I'd recommend driving by on a daily basis, but I had no choice. (laughs) And, you know, at the time I was younger, obviously 10 years younger, and I just, I didn't get it. Um, I'm just, they're just sweating, but really now that I've been exposed to training in this heat, like when I get into the downward dog pose, for example, outside in 120 degree heat, even over a hundred, I touch the ground, the, the ground is hot. So my, my fingers and my hands, they just melt into the floor. All those articulations, you know, people don't realize all day long, they just have like stiff hands. Their hands are like slightly bent at all the junctions instead of being extended straight and spread. And so my, my hands melt into the floor and my hands are the connection between the earth and my upper body. So they're critically important. If you're missing any sort of range of motion in your hands, you're not properly spreading out the force to the appropriate joints and muscles. And, you know, that's when you can get a lot of not only performance leaks, but, you know, greater risk of injury, especially chronic overuse type of stuff. And then the shoulders just get so juicy. And my lower back just kind of opens up more and any sort of spinal stiffness is gone. Uh, the pelvis just starts to move in better position. And um, I would almost say it, it, it gives me, um, I can do things. And this is the number one, the first lesson, number one is the muscles melt. They just melt in the heat. Melt. And it happens like at least two or three times faster than it would in normal temperatures. So from a warm-up standpoint, a mobility standpoint, just a feeling good standpoint, and you hear this all the time, you know, um, people in their 40s, 50s plus, they want to retire in warmer places and their bones get cold. Well, you know, that happened to me after I turned 35, you know, yeah, the bones get colder. And I, I also just now rest at a lower body fat percentage. So um, I might as well insulate it. So, you know, I, I'm actually really starting to love the heat. I used to hate the heat. When I was younger, but now it's really starting to serve me well, and especially adapting to it, training in it, and building that resilience. But that's number one: uh, the muscles melt, and then number two, kind of hand in hand, the juicy joints. Oh my god! When I do my kneeling mobility flow outside, you know, I'll, I'll do it on an outdoor carpet over cement, or I'll train in the grass, and I kind of mix it up based on you know what I'm doing because I don't want to tear up the grass too much because that's where we shoot, and sometimes you want a harder surface when you're training. But, you know, as I, I do with my knee sleeves on, but like the heat of the ground, the heat of the air. And I mean, I just, I can get in just easy bendable positions and all that, all that initial stiffness, you know, sometimes it takes you five to 10 minutes to get through that stiffness from the fr- first set I do. I'm already kind of just honestly, just setting up like the weights and the band and the med ball. And if I'm using a bench or whatever, just the setup of the, of the training space that day, uh, I'm warm and ready to go. So you combine that with 
kind of the EHO approach where every hour in the hour, you're doing just at least a minute of something, especially with a mobility focus. And it really starts to uh, pay off where like you're completely changing your alignment, your positioning, and you're, you're getting to the point where um, your form gets so flawless and you don't get as out of breath from it. You don't get as sore. Your muscles don't burn as much. You're just like adapting in this like snowball effect, um, which again, I just, anyone who is, you know, on the fence with getting started or has not worked out in a while, I'm telling you right now, the best way to get back into this is that EHO. Every hour on the hour, do a plank, do a push up, do a down dog, foam roll something, you know, do some squat mobility, hang from a bar, do some pull ups or push ups if you are looking for more strength and muscle gain, whatever. Uh, it makes such a big difference. And so the joints feel amazing, you know, and, and when the muscles melt and the joints feel great, you can just quickly start to get yourself in proper positions, get full activation. And by the time you get to the main event, you are, I mean, you are wet and willing. Okay. You are wet like a seal. And that's when the best workouts happen. Now, number three, this is one of the caveats. Across the board this summer, I've noticed about a 25 to 50% reduction in my usual loads. So that, that maximal effort type of stuff, I'm, I'm going, I'm giving my best effort. And by all means, I think the intensity has been up, but I've kept the loads really light. And it's kind of been in line with this whole year where as I'm trying to kill my training ego fully, I want to fully just like kill it, not just get better at it. I want it to be gone. And I've used mostly 25s, a pair of 25 pound dumbbells throughout this year. Um, I'm, I've used fifties for some heavier stuff. I have a 24 kilogram kettlebell that I use for most kettlebell movements. And I've got a 10 pound, uh, med ball that I use for most of the med ball exercises. I'll actually, I usually only use the heavier med ball for like shin box work or weighted hangs or pushups or pull-ups. But I mean, it's been light loads, but man, because of how moist the muscles have been and how juicy the joints have been and how quickly I'm getting into positions and how I'm also now, my mobility improvements have been accelerated to the point where every rep I do now, I'm squeezing out just that extra bit of range of motion at the hip or the shoulders that's allowing me to get more out of every rep. And again, I'm, I'm it's strange. I'm finally feeling true mastery of some of these movements like pull-ups and push-ups, lunges, squats. And it's been uh, tremendous but 25 to 50% reduction in what would be, you know, max loads I could use. But that's good for me because I need to stop chasing that game. I'm not just trying to, to, to lift a weight. I want to own a weight or an exercise. Because the most important thing I do every day is I show movements to potentially hundreds, thousands, hundreds, thousands, or millions based on collective effort or which platform I'm trying to to reach people at, and my movements need to be flawless. And if they're not perfect yet, I keep working at it. I've been working at my movements for a long time. And one of the best things I can tell people ask, what do I do if I'm struggling with this or that? Well, film yourself. Film yourself on movements that you think you're really good at and movements you struggle with. In both cases, you'll learn something and improve. In some cases, you probably learn you're not as good as you thought at that movement. You know, when I show an alternating one arm, one leg plank, I want to show it with a level of stillness that you can't even tell, like you have to double check that there was actually movement, you know, um, because there's just so many people that can see it. So that's my main focus. Um, loads, I know they'll come over time. I'm not worried about them. Um, I, I'm not 
competing with anyone, not even myself anymore with loads. I do want to improve the loads over time, but I also want to see how much I can get out of this pair of 25s. And uh, I'm not, I'm not done yet. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's the one thing, the loading discipline, uh, it goes two ways. One, knowing when to bump the loads up, but I think especially for guys where ego is such a crutch to your long-term progress in the fitness game. I also think in other things, you know what I'm talking about? If you're a dude who's stubborn and, you know, sometimes that resilience gets you in trouble because you're so fucking stubborn. You just can't make the appropriate changes or listen to your body. But, you know, that bump down, I, I have been, I'm, I feel like I'm getting into the best shape of my life. With, with, by, by using the loading discipline of not too quickly bumping the weight up. You, and people ask, when do you, you know when to bump the weight up? You, you'll know. Trust me. You'll know because you can do it. You can get so effortless with your movements. And usually that comes when your breathing is locked in. And it just, you know, you can, you can use the same load for all sets without really having to think too much about it. You might have, it might get a little bit tough towards the end, but you're not anywhere near the risk of losing flawless form. So what it means is full volume at flawless form with perfect breathing. That's how you know when you're ready to then go up maybe two and a half to five pounds, or if it's a body weight movement, you go to the next body angle or progression that we teach in the program or that's outlined for you. So that's important too. Uh, number four. 24-hour increase in recovery time. I, I've really only been able to get to about two of these full-body workouts a week, if I'm being completely honest, uh, across the whole summer. Now, you have to factor in that um, usually I'll do the first express of the month on that Monday, and then I, then I move to about doing two full wows each week with about uh, – I try to get sometimes a three-day spacing if I can because, again, I, it's not just the training in the heat. It's, it's all the shooting in the heat. It's the walking in the heat. And – you know, um, the demand of just work right now, you know, my wife and I are, are really working our asses off. I mean, 10 to 12 hour days in some cases. Um, and, and by the way, we're also, you know, realize, recognizing too, okay, we've been working like three or four, 10 to 12 hour days. We need to take like a half day or have a long weekend or do a quick getaway to just refresh ourselves, get creative and come back kind of, um, you know, itching to get back to that, to that grind or whatever the fuck you want to call it. But you know, um, I need 24 more hours to recover, which is fine. That gives me more time to mobilize. And I, I'm blessed. I'm blessed 10 times over to have my first pool. Like we own this pool. We just finished it. It's beautiful. It's got like South beach vibes, but man, just the, uh, just, I am the gratitude I have. And, and I, I, it's, it's gratitude in particular and humility because I know how much work has gone into, you know, it for both my wife and I to get to this point where we just had this pool in the backyard with these uh, beautiful mountain views and palm trees on, on site. Um, and I'm so grateful for people like you that have supported us over the years and given us the fuel to keep going after it and trying to improve your life. But, you know, in, in the process of getting better at doing that, hopefully, we, you know, it, it's allowed us to elevate our own lifestyles. And, you know, in the pool, it's so unique too. Uh, people say when you live in the desert, you, well, you really can only live. It's you can really only <laughs> enjoy the desert, living in the desert, especially during the summer months, if you do have some sort of pool access. And I get it because um, obviously I can cool off, but um, the pool is where you can make really very few mistakes, especially if it's like three to five foot depth, where you can do like like I can do skater jumps in there without any impact, but I can really work on my form and technique and mobility and. The unloading of my body weight allows me to kind of get into position, but 
by forcing me to get more in the water because of the heat, I actually, I'm finding ways now in the pool during the summer to get more mobility work, some more training. You can do cardio in there. I do a lot of boxing in the pool and it gives me this fluid resistance. I'll, I'll eventually share some stuff. I just always hesitate because, you know, not a lot of people have a pool. Not a lot of people have been blessed with a pool and there's still a lot of COVID restrictions. So people can't access the beach or public uh, water venues as much as maybe they've used to or want to. But um, it, it is a game changer when you combine the C component. I do a lot of breath work in the pool because of the resistance, you know, basically, and we talked about this in recovery videos at dailybeacher.com. We've added a bunch, by the way, of more recovery videos there in the recovery section to check out some standalone follow-on routines that I know you'll enjoy. But, you know, uh, it gives me added resistance to my breathing muscles being immersed in water and uh, you get compression, you know, one hour in the pool is apparently 24 hours of compression on your body, which is great for getting rid of inflammation, improving recovery. So it's really forced me to just focus more on my recovery, which is where I've always been weak because I, I just, I'm too, I was too focused on the training and trying to kill myself, you know? And again, a lot of this comes with, I, I talked about this on a past episode about, you know, getting out of a rut and creating with joy, love, and positivity instead of cynicism, hate, and pessimism. And when you are, like when I create these workouts from joy, love, and positivity, as I've been trying to do all year, especially the last four months, you know, it's, you're, you're building something, you know, instead of breaking it down or punishing yourself or just trying to see how much pain you can tolerate. And the outcome is just a lot better. But I do need 24 more hours to recover. The recovery demand goes way up when you train in the heat. So those living in summer conditions too, just know you got to be, you know, what's happening? I, 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 the workout today was harder and it's 50 degrees warmer. Well, you know, are you getting worse or are you just, is your body training in 50 degrees warmer temperatures and you're overheating faster? By the way, the heart rate, like in heat, your heart rate goes way up, your glycogen or the term they use glycogen is the sugar stored in your muscles and liver, which, you know, fuel high intensity efforts, you deplete it faster. So actually, you know, I, I, I need more carbs this summer, especially on those hot days. When I share the tropical gain shake, that shake hits different on a hot summer day. Um, and you know, a, a lot of good vitamin C in there and antioxidants and stuff for recovery. But, um, so that that's been key too, just to pay attention to the recovery demand. You need more time. You might not be able to train as often five, world-class walks. I mean, I've always enjoyed walking. I've always been more of a walker than a runner, you know, especially as a bigger guy with the history of joint issues, it just has made sense for me. But as I build this walk run program and I've started doing, you know, some, some walk runs, some agility runs, some weighted walks, all this stuff, there'd be an awesome program coming uh, at the end of the year. You can sign up by the way, for my free newsletter at bjgador.com where I share articles and exclusives, but um, I can't wait to share this program with you. And it's kind of you know, people know me more. Yeah, I do the Metcon stuff, but it's always strength cardio. It's not like pure, pure cardio. So this will be my first like true cardio conditioning program. Uh, but there's so much built in breathing, mobility and stability work to doing this right. But I just had the most amazing walks. And like I said, I just a meditation. I do. I, I just kind of lock into this four, four rhythmic cadence. Every four steps I mix between an inhale and it's smooth, smooth inhale through the nose into the belly and then a full exhale through the mouth every four steps. And I get into this rhythmic tempo when I speed up. I maintain the same rhythm, it just happens faster and vice versa. But you know, whether I listen to a podcast or some music and I love listening to music, 
uh, I'm a, many of you know, I'm a big fan of uh, retrowave synthwave for like for training itself. You'll see that a lot in the, you know, music for the wows or the workout of the week follow alongs that we do at the dailybj.com because it just, they're so meditative and instrumentals. I always find are best for like really focused training, but you know, for walking, I listen to a lot of my favorite soul R and B funk. Um, I work in some, some rock, some classic rock, some heavy metal, but it's a lot of, you know, uh, R and B soul funk. Um, and you know, I, I do like some of that retro wave shit too. So, but you got the views, you just got, and in the heat itself, man, like my, my, my body's just getting into just better positions. Like during the walk, I, I'll, I'll like adjust myself. I feel like literally feel myself adjusting my gait, you know, um, because I'm so warm, things are just kind of popping into place. So the walks are just off the charts. I just can't highly recommend, like you, we got, I got two more tip, tips yet, but if you have the opportunity to train in the heat during the summer, put your ego aside, know your loads are going to come down. Your recovery demand is going to have to go up. You might not be able to train as often but you will make some of the most intense mobility, uh, mind muscle connection gains. Also the breathing, your breathing muscles get so warm on these walks from the heat, the, the hot air you're pulling into your body. So I, I can really stretch. I can feel my breathing muscles start to stretch more and really smooth out. And it just kind of heats the whole inside of your body out. So, um, and again, it's like, it's like being in a sauna. I mean, you know, it's very important every day to sweat and detoxify and clean out your system. And that goes to my next point, cheat meal damage control. There's been some days, um, I, I think I shared this, well, I don't know if I shared this on a podcast, but we did a, a best new exercise called pizza plate carries. And I talked about my love affair with pizza and how I recently, I hadn't had Little Caesars in a really long time. And they had this like most bestest pepperoni and cheese stuffed crust. Delicious, by the way, and also cheap, but every, just the crust itself was a slice of pizza, not to mention the actual slice itself. So every, every slice is two slices of a regular pizza. And I woke up the next day and I looked like I was 260. I mean, full blown out Michelin man, but I went for a walk the next morning. Like my, my wife, like was, was, was shaken. <laughs> I looked at her face. She was shaken by the sight of my face Saturday morning when I woke up swollen from the most bestest pepperoni stuffed crust pizza. <laughs> and, uh, but by the afternoon, like I, I already kind of rebounded because I went out there and, you know, all the extra water and salt. And again, when you have high carbohydrate and you add um, water, hydrate and salt, you know, you, you gain a lot of uh, initial water weight. And I, I am just a face gainer. So uh, that's the place that's going to be most, most noticeable. But I can bounce back from cheat meals a lot faster out here in the desert. I just can. And, uh, you know, it goes hand in hand with the seventh and final tip. I, I have now adopted more of a liquid diet because you're hung. You're not going to be as hungry in the heat. And, you know, I say this jokingly, but also I, I believe, I like fully believe it. I get it. Why people that in fitness, like try to live in California or Arizona or Florida or Texas. I mean, I'm not going to be having those winter bulks anymore. Like it, it warms, it cools down to like, 80 to 90 during the, you know, non-summer months. Um, like, by the way, sometimes at night, it's like hundred degrees or more out here too. So um, that's when the pool is really spectacular. But, you know, I just, the appetite goes down and uh, you're less likely to overeat. And then you can bounce back from the flexibility you, you had prior. Again, like this is all really important stuff to me at my advanced age.
know, <laughs> like the stiffness, the everyday stiffness that I was really starting to struggle with. And that just makes you not want to move or make new content or because it just takes you so long to get warm and feel good. Um, you know, that that's kind of gone away in my diet just gets, gets kind of locked in and I can actually have way more flexibility going back to Chris Warren. You know, uh, I'm going to, let me, let me actually take a quick break. I'm going to come back and finish this off and then we'll get into the member questions because I want to talk to you about this epic date shake. Yes, date as in the fruit. Yo, this is BJ Gador and ooh-wee, cherry pie. I got a couple of very exciting announcements for our men's athleisure line, Sleeves Sold Separately at SleevesSoldSeparately.com. First of all, we've got an end of summer sale. $20 off orders over $100, $45 off orders over $200, and $65 off orders over $300. Go to SleevesSoldSeparately.com today and take advantage of each specific discount code to get your savings and get that drip going for the end of the summer into the fall. Also, we've got three exciting new releases coming soon. First of all, our Scullies or training beanies. Really excellent way to keep the sweat out of your eyes, give you a nice stylish accent to your main outfit of the day. And especially if you're a dude with fresh fades or shorter haircuts, it gives you excellent sun protection when training outdoors. Our t-shirts in about three or four different colors will also be coming. The fit is excellent. Many of you have requested a shirt with sleeves, though it is sleeves sold separately, but it, you know what? We like to make the customers happy. We know you guys will enjoy this shirt. And my favorite product, the Lounge Man. It's kind of the lounging version of our Lounge Man workout and swim shorts, but it's just a lounger or a trainer short, six inch inseam and no liner. So those that wanted no liners, now you've got it. It is. It feels so good. Let me tell you, it feels so good on the dick and the balls. I think you guys will love this product. Go to sleevesoseparately.com, sign up for our free newsletter to be first made aware of the most exclusive discounts and the best deals and the latest sales. Love you guys, peace. All right, we're back. So the final lesson, and then we'll get into member questions that even if you're not a member, I think you'll find benefit from there. Uh, really, actually, there were some really solid questions about whether it be recovery, off weeks, uh, training splits, you know, going up in weight with isolation movements, et cetera. So we'll, we'll touch on that. But the, the liquid diet component and just the game changer that it is to be in heat, like I'm not, I'm not worried about, about being fat again or fatter during the winter months just because I just, you live with it, just live a different way in this heat. So um, I'm excited. I, I think instead of having like, you know, peak times of year, of year and, and lazier times or, you know, balking cutting style as I had when, when I lived in the North, in the Midwest, you know, grew up in Milwaukee and went to school in Massachusetts at Amherst College. Then we did uh, back to Milwaukee. Then we did the Pennsylvania experience with uh, the whole men's health situation. And then, you know, now being in California the last several years and just being in California, the winters were less harsh, but you still like gets down to, you know, and most parts of SoCal can get down to, you know, LA areas for certainly, you know, into the high thirties. Um, and again, you just start to, you, it gets just a little bit cold enough. Cause again, it's all relative where you start moving less and you start wearing more clothes and you get, 
want to get more comfortable and you start eating a bit more and you know, that, that shift just happens. But I, I mean, look, I have to go through a full annual cycle here, but I, I'm just telling you right now, it, it puts me on this, it just, just locks me on this kind of liquid solid diet. Meaning I do my shake of the day, midday, sometimes it's around noon. Sometimes, uh, you know, it'll be three or 4 PM based on how long of a day it's going to be. If I might have a really late dinner at 8 PM, whatever. And then I have my big solid protein and produce meal. And if I overeat anything at the end of the day, it's protein. And then if I have to a little more produce or, you know, fruit for dessert, I do that. And uh, maybe I'll have a glass of chocolate milk, you know, um, or a Ezekiel sprouted grain muffin with some peanut butter and banana as a treat at night. If I'm really needing to take the edge off, but, and then some days like day after a fast, I'm, I'm sorry, day after a cheat meal, I'll, I'll fast it up all the way to like, you know, at least three or 4 PM. And sometimes even later, uh, and I won't eat again until I'm hungry, really clear out my system so I can recover quickly and, you know, get back to my normal self, so to speak. But it, it just puts you on more of a liquid diet. And again, it just comes this kind of liquid solid approach, especially during the week. That's what allows me the flexibility you guys see on the weekends. And by the way, when I share the foods and stuff I eat on the weekends, you know, I'm not, <laughs> let me put it this way. I don't share everything. I got to have some things to myself because some of you are blown away by what you see when I share, but I, I don't want you to be disgusted by me. You know what I'm saying? I also don't want you to hate me because I am kind of impressed with how much I can still get away with at this advanced age. But, um, you know, don't forget, I'm pretty perfect uh, during the week. And I'm, I'm just, I got a highly active lifestyle and now I have it in the heat. So uh, I've, I've never had this much flexibility. So I guess what I'm trying to say is um, Bikram, although he is, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the podcast or various series on him about the whole sex scandal aspect of it, but he was a genius businessman and he really understood um, the importance of heat for people, not just in terms of the perception of getting a really sweaty, hot workout, but you do feel amazing when you train in the heat and you just have to be willing to modif modify that overall loading or intensity to get the most out of it. And um, from a longe longevity standpoint, man, like find a way. I just, I, 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 I always wish you health, happiness and wealth and continued success. I do, but I also wish for you a warm location, especially a warm location year round, because from a, from just a body standpoint, man, things feel so much better. It's a lot easier to lock into a consistent diet and a consistent activity level. So um, those are the lessons from the heat. I'll share more as it comes. And the last thing I'll talk about too, is just, you know, um, I have to immediately get into like you know, that championship mindset where if there's six parts to a workout, I'm treating it like six quarters. And if there's a finisher or as some of you might know now, a double finisher. Surprise! Double finisher! I do all those voiceovers, by the way. I'm very proud. And <laughs> you, you have to go one quarter at a time, one section at a time. You got to get that level of compartmentalization and focus because you just can't fuck around in the heats. Like, because you step outside and you're like, oh, wow, it's real. So I immediately have to start focusing on my breath and just getting into that, that flow state. Um, you know, you could call it the Michael Jordan flu game effect. Many have described where they, when they're sick, they get a higher level of focus. They didn't have prior because they know they need to, to dial in because they're off. They can't rely on just that raw physicality. The mental component has to be really locked in. And I, uh, I've, I've talked about this before. Um, I'm not a practicing Muslim, but my father is a Muslim from Tunisia. And I have done Ramadan, which is that month-long fast where you can't eat or drink during the day. And sometimes, especially during summer hours, 
Uh, those are long days. Like you got to eat before 4 a.m. and you can only eat or drink again after, you know, 8 p.m. When, when sunset. But I played a couple of seasons of college football during during that those uh, Ramadan months in college. And uh, man, like you, you do like you do get a level of focus. People were blown away that I could do it. But um, my wife is blown away by me going out in these walks and training in this heat. Uh, I, I do credit some of my, my, my dad's DNA has come in handy for this, you know, cause they're desert people. He's from North Africa, um, Tunisia, by the way, where he's from is that's where star Wars was, uh, set in the desert. So all the desert scenes are in Tunisia. So, I mean, it's desert land. So, uh, it's activating like the Arabian side of my DNA in a good way. Um, but I also, I don't think I'll be able to tolerate the cold again, cold again, like I used to, but I, I still have, you know, I'm half Austrian. So uh, I, I think hopefully I have the best of both worlds. We'll see. But longevity and um, I also, you know, I, you, you come to a new place, you got to be, especially like, you know, in the wilderness or a desert, you know, woods, those types of places, there's more wildlife. And uh, there are desert cats like bobcats, which are, can be lethal, by the way, they're only 25 pounds, but um, they're, they're ruthless. They tend to not bother you um, unless they're rabid. But, um, you know, a 25 pound bobcat could kill someone if they strike them around the neck or at least change your life in a negative way. You know, there, there's mountain lions, other things. But what these these jung these desert cats, I used to talk about jungle cats all the time. But wow, desert cats are an extra type of resilient because they're in this extreme heat all day and there isn't a lot of water. And many of them have to wait until it's very dark to try to sneak into people's pools to, to drink water. And again, you know, I, I'm, I love, an, I love animals. I love to study wildlife. I love to watch it, you know? Um, and I just, I just respect, you know, quote unquote, all of God's creatures, man, that just, there's some resilient creatures on this earth, but the resilience to go all day without water. And then to, to have to, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of sad in some ways, but, um, you know, they are in the desert and just how resilient those creatures are gives me some motivation. You know, there's motivation all around you if you start to look for it, but you know, desert cats are different because when you're dehydrated, I mean, that that's, you know, it's, first of all, you need to be able to breathe oxygen, but then you need water, then food and all the other creature comforts uh, come in whatever order they are based on your priorities or whatever it is for you. But you know, um, heat requires resilience. And this life certainly isn't for everyone. Um, you know, if you are really heat sensitive, don't come here during July or August. Uh, I, I, you know, I hear it's, it's, it's like perfect weather most other months where we are um, kind of in between Palm Springs and Palm Desert, that just that general area. But, you know, um, days I feel sorry for, my, for, for myself, man, I've got ready, ready access to water, cold, you know, drinks, refrigerated, you know, a lot of good seltzer waters, Powerade or Gatorade zeros, you know, uh, filtered water. I got a crushed ice in my fridge, which is a major, like I always wanted that growing up. It's the small things, right? Just these creature comforts, but, um, it's tough if it's been for me, I always have access to liquid. I don't have to go, you know, uh, trying to survive of dehydration all day and then find water in someone's pool. So, um, I've learned a lot from training in the heat. Um, take advantage of if, if you can. And again, if, as you get older, set it in your, your life goals to try to like find a way to live somewhere warm. I, I wish that for you because man, it, it just it elevates every day in a special way, unless you hate the heat and you love the snow, then I, I'm talking to, you know, 
um, deaf ears, they'll, you know, maybe do consider doing some heated room workouts, at least for mobility. I mean, it, uh, I talk about heat all the time with heating pads and vibrational heating devices from places like Hyperice. But um, those are my seven lessons from training in the heat. We'll take one more quick break and then I'll get into the uh, questions from members of the dailybj.com. Please use this coupon code for podcast listeners only, BabyCast15, for 15% off your next order at manbabycbd.com. That's BabyCast15, one word. Check out the show notes for more details. But I use the tincture before bed for relaxation, help me unwind, get a deep, restful sleep. And I apply the salves on sore or tender muscles and joints to help provide a deep anti-inflammatory effect and get me ready for my next workout. I think you really enjoy this. Go to manbabycbd.com, enter babycast15 for 15% off your next order. And thanks for listening to the podcast. Peace. baby member questions from the daily i'm going to start with the good sir craig robleski w-r-o-b-l-e-s-k-i i'm assuming polish uh, beautiful name i'm not sure if I'm, I'm pronouncing it right i apologize if i'm not correct me uh with a comment at the in the member zone but here is his rather lengthy comment in a recent workout video or wow um, there were a lot of good things in here to unpack. So I said to him, let's just answer in the podcast. Here's what he said. I'm an East Coast AM workout guy. So today was my first time through after doing X22, which is Express 22 on Monday and Wednesday. Here's his post-workout report. Forearm mobility was a great block. After a forearm bicep injury earlier in the year, I've been trying to prioritize moves like these to stay ahead of the recovery curve. And this is exactly what I need. The opener was really challenging, but in a good way. Really like the flow from the downward dogs to planks and variations. MBS, which is metabolic bodybuilding stacks, is the next section of the workout were tough, but he went with dumbbells the entire way through. 20s were, let me touch on that quick too. So one thing in that section of the workout, as I mentioned in the last episode of this podcast, there are, for most of the stacks, three move stacks, you do back to back to back for a certain body zone. You have for each of the minute or each of the three moves, you can either go the dumbbell or a band option. Now, this past Thursday, when I melted down and only get through half of the workout, I had to stop after the, the stacks portion. I was just smoked. And I also, just because I knew I was so toasted from the starters, 
I used more bands during the stacks because I was about to do a two out two we sorry forty hour getaway uh, to Malibu, uh, a lot of driving in the car, so I don't want to be too stiff and sore. And so bands are just easy to recover from. And again, when I'm feeling really worn down, um, they they just tend to be easier to, to engage with than dumbbells. Um, so that I, I mentioned that just because I don't just mean it; they're easy to recover from. Like on a day where you're really stressed and tired, but you still want to get your workout in, it's fine to use the band options instead. You know, it may not be as maximally stimulating from a mechanical tension standpoint as dumbbells, but you get more pump and again, just so easy on the joints and you're still getting the quality motions in. Um, but, you know, he said I used uh, mostly dumbbells all the way through. 20s were tough for the lateral raises and reverse flies. I think I'll work in bands during these moves to take it easy on the joints. I tend to plateau around 20 pound dumbbells for most shoulder moves outside of presses. So he means like the single joint isolations, like front raises, reverse flies, lateral raises and such. Uh, which are, you know, you can't go as heavy because it's it's not, it's single joint, not multi-joint. Any thoughts on how I can push past the plateaus? So this is an important point to make, whether you, whether you remember or not. Let single joint isolation movements be just that. Don't worry about the load on those. Worry about the activation, the mind-muscle connection, and the pumps. And in some cases, I've been using 25s for moves like uh, shoulder raises, you know, since I was in college and, and, you know, almost now, you know, graduated in 2005, 16 years later, um, I'm still getting a lot out of those weights because I just continue to use them better. I was going way too heavy, you know, uh, that, that, that's sometimes you feel like it's, I'm not making progress, but when you realize looking back, I wish all this was documented, but when your form was so shitty, you don't need to go heavier because you're just trying to eventually use the weights. You're just doing what you could have done earlier. I, I could have maybe started with five pound dumbbells and done it the right way and slowly worked up. But unfortunately I was an idiot and I started with 25s using nothing but momentum. And now it's just taken all these years to bridge the gap between shitty form and flawless form. So now I'm finally getting the most out of those movements, but I don't worry about bumping those up. Multi-joint movements are where you really want to try to look at pushing up the load um, and especially when you're doing stacks like this, where there's competitive fatigue, you know, it, it's really, it is the least important concern. You just want to feel it. If it's a lateral delt that's hitting the ladder, I'm sorry, lateral raise that's targeting the lateral delt. All you want to worry about is feeling it in the lateral shoulder. Don't worry about the weight. And, um, you're also just the nature of using lighter weights, like fives, tens, fifteens, twenties, whatever, going from twenties to 25s is a huge increase in load. Going from 50 to 55 or 95 to 100 is not as big of a deal. So if you don't have access to micro loads or plate mates, these little one and a half pound magnetic weights you can put in a power blocks to micro load up or down, whatever, um, it's going to be difficult to progress these. So again, that's why just understand it's not the load. We're not looking to really push the loads up on these unless it gets so easy that you don't, you don't just, it doesn't challenge you anymore, but really what, what ends up happening when you forget about the load and you just focus on maximally using the target muscle, as you start using less other muscles to assist, you're getting a better workout in that area anyway. So um, he mentions, felt good on the lower body stacks as well, like the isolation of single sides per stack. Uh, a question here is, is the goal of the BSS or Bulgarian split squat to go full range of motion from the entire move? So you've got to watch it. Just got to watch it a couple of times. It'll make very clear sense, but it's a quarter rep complex. 
So you're going all the way down, up only a quarter, all the way back down, and then you go up halfway. So we're basically going up in quarters. So you only go quarter up, back down, halfway up, back all the way down, three quarters up, all the way back down, then all the way up or four quarters and back down. That's a single rep. So you're probably only going to get about three to five of those in 40 seconds. And that work period, I know it goes up to 50 by week three, but you know, especially if you load it up and the uh, first time I did this, I just used body weight because I was smoked. By the time you get to that Bulgarian split squat, the previous single leg hip thrust and Bulgarian hip pins just so attacks the the glute and the hamstring that the quads don't have any assistance. It almost becomes like a single joint movement in some sense for the quads because the glutes and hams are done. So the quads have to take up all the work from that pre-fatigue. Um, that's why lightweights feel, feels heavy, by the way. But that uh, that's what that is. So you're one of my favorite new protocols, by the way. You can apply that quarter rep protocol to any movement. We'll continue to mess with that. But uh, the activation and pump is just, it's incredible. And it particularly feels great in my joints. And again, when I train in the heat, I'm just getting much more bending at my ankle, knee, and hip. So I, I'm actually starting to finally get that more upright trunk positioning. And I'm really starting to tax my quads without any sort of pain or discomfort in my knee. They've come such a long way. So I'm, I'm, I'm but I've been working on this a long time. So you got to be patient with those joints. But man, heat is a treat, especially when it comes to joints. Uh, finally, fly to press sag with 20s felt fine. Um, the one thing I always, I, I, you know, for back movements, I like to lean on the lighter side. For pressing movements, I tend to like to go heavier. Um, everybody's different. You got to listen to your body. I also had this just incredible pressing base from my youth of just focusing on the bench press so much and stuff like that. So um, like I could have used 50s for the, the uh, constant tension dumbbell rows in the rear delt back stack. But with 25s, I can I can only use my my lat fibers and my rear delt fibers to move it in a way where there's just such control. Um, and again, that's the goal of that stack. The goal is not to overload; it's to it's to pump and burn and mind muscle connect. And again, when we go to more of the performance quarter in Q4, we can start to look at bumping loads up. You're going to have such a you know, a conditioning base and a breathing mobility, stability base. And then w as you grow your muscles, they have the potential to get stronger and faster. The bigger they are, they can, they can go stronger and faster once you start training them that way. But that's why the flow of our periodization and progression works so well. Um, so he said the, he says, I love you BJ, but that finisher was fucking madness. Uh, felt fine using 25 pound dumbbells, uh, for the shin box lunge imams. And, um, Final point here was pretty sure my next door neighbors and the young kid heard some four letter words they didn't expect to hear early on a Friday AM after I saw the double finisher, but still a great challenge. Um, one thing to point to that too, I, I've gone through great lengths to, yeah, I, you know, one of the, <laughs> I, we had dinner with a friend, a friend and his wife this weekend from college I hadn't seen in 17 years um, in Malibu at Taverna, Tony Taverna, which is just one of the most amazing Greek restaurants in central Malibu if you're ever there. Highly recommend the overall experience, just amazing Greek food and dining experience. And it just came up that um, Naomi has done our customer support for about 15 years, and we have never gotten one complaint about Naomi. Like never. Like you know how many complaints Naomi's got about me over the years? And typically it's my language, what I'm wearing, um, you know, whatever. <laughs> so many, so many things you can complain about uh, when it comes to me, but not one complaint from Naomi. I mean, really incredible customer support. 
And um, I've been, what I'm trying to say too, complaint-wise, I've been trying to make it so that there's no foul language on the routines we post at thedailybj.com. This is always going to be an explicit podcast. You know, just don't listen to it with your kids if you have a language issue. I grew up in a house where, um, you know, ridiculous language was used. I've had friends that use ridiculous language. I don't take language too seriously. I think you can still be professional, but I get more conservative types, especially if they have kids around, don't want to hear the type of language. So um, now that's part of another reason why just the live follow on workouts are just not going to work out for most people because I am going to use foul language when I'm pushing myself. I'm, I'm, I'm like dying when I do that stuff. I know some of you, some of you don't listen when I tell you that I hate it. It was, it I hated it. I did it for you, but I hated it and I'm not going to do it anymore. Okay. Did it for over a year and, uh, with, with not only with not good results for our business, but, um, I know it helped a lot of you get through the pandemic. I'm grateful for that. And now it's, I'm trying to make it about making it done for you all follow along sustainable for all of us, but, uh, you know, only good, only good language is used for the most part during those hope that has been appreciated because I know people complain about that. And I, you know, I, I'm listening and I'm trying to improve. Um, Final part, beer crawls are always tough for me. And I did feel some upper back neck strain toward the end of the move. Any thoughts on how to improve that? This one always, so you're bad at free throws. Would the advice be to work on your putting or shoot more free throws? Mostly daily, work on your free throws. Use the EHO approach. If you suck at bear crawls, your bear crawls bother you in some way, Get them into the more regular rotation every hour on the hour during your work days. And again, it can, it can be just one or two of those hours in the beginning, work up to three to five of those hours. You know, if you can work up to a full day, amazing, but really you're just trying to get at least a couple sets most days. If you can get it to three to five sets most days, that's even better, especially during the work week. Do a minute of bear crawls and focus on your form and technique and your breathing. Inhale through the nose, mix between inhaling through the nose and exhaling through the mouth of every step. Imagine balancing a glass of water on your upper back. And um, if you fill upper back neck strain, that means those muscles need to get massaged and mobilized. You have all those drills in the recover section of the side or the cool down you can work on. Foam rolling drills, uh, massaging with BJ's body butter, adding the man baby salves around the neck helps with speeding healing. So you have all those strategies you can use. Um, and then just being mindful of, of minimizing, you know, any sort of uh, hyperextension at the neck. You want that neck completely straight or shrugging of the shoulders. Keep those shoulders packed down and back and work on pushing away or protracting those shoulder blades. So um, again, if you struggle with a movement, the best way to improve it is to work it on off days and get it into that kind of EHO rotation. And then again, when you feel tightness, you want to massage and mobilize those particular areas. When it's when it's a tightness in a specific muscle, get on that muscle. When it's a joint pain type of thing, you're looking at the, the, uh, the muscles above and below the joint to make sure they're relaxed and not creating too much, you know, too much tension in those muscles creates excessive tension in that joint. So um, shaping up to be another great month and excited to see how the wilds progress. So Craig, hope that helped, man. A lot, a lot of stuff there that was, uh, I think, beneficial to a lot of members to talk about. A couple things here to finish off the episode uh, that I think people will find value in. Uh, C. White, Christopher White was asking members for, you know, I guess his hardest thing is just the off week. He loses momentum or motivation. Um, and I guess his diet gets a little bit off and he was looking for feedback from members. Um, again, like to me, the best days are the rest days and the best weeks are the rest weeks. And 
you know, you want to be coming in to that first express workout, that first Monday of a new training phase or month, really chomping at the bit to get back after it. That means you had a successful recovery week. Um, that's not going to happen if you, if you do too much on the off week, you know, um, some weeks, uh, I, I will just do my walking, my hangs, my, uh, down dog or push up work, my pull up work, whatever, whatever I'm working on, but hangs, uh, down dogs, walking, pool work, breathing, that stuff is just like most days, uh, that find its way into my rotation. In fact, the, the Malibu trip was the first day and two day period of the year where I just didn't have access to pull up bar and I didn't do hangs for the first time all year. I mean, that's quite a run. And I, I, I brought my pull up bar by the way, because we drove down, but they just, we lived in, it was like this special wagon we were, uh, staying in at this Airbnb. And, uh, there was just no place to put my pull up bar, but there were trees. So my mistake, I could have brought a suspension trainer or gymnastics rings and hung on the trees. Um, if I was so inclined, I just didn't scout the location well enough. Lesson be learned. I'll bring it next time. But, um, you know, it, it was actually a nice two day break from it. I came excited to hang again. Um, cause I, I hadn't had two days of recovery like that in, in a while, but so, um, you know, that's one thing too. You can also do any of the past express workouts from Q1, that mobility, breathing, stability phase. Those make for ex awesome recover workouts on off days but also off weeks. So you can work those in. A lot of you, I share all this content on social media. I know some of you just can't get enough of the fitness content and you want to do it all. Maybe the off week becomes an opportunity to do some of that stuff that I posted that um, is an extension of what we do that month in, in our training, or it's just a unique complement or supplement to what we're doing, an accessory option. Uh, that you know, that's, that's how I would look at my social media content if you're a member. I think I've done a poor job of educating you on that and priming you on that um, as judged by my terrible engagement <laughs> on social media. I think I told Lottie just to get off of it. Um, and I, I do recommend like a fast from it at some point, if you're really finding yourself addicted to it, losing focus, et cetera. But um, you know, that content is just an extension and it can be added. Don't let it get in the way of your training, but I also want you to be stimulated and it's it's much easier for me to make content on social media than it is for our website because everything we do at the website is just so highly produced. It's shot on the best cameras and uh, you know phone content and stuff that I edit personally. It takes me a shit ton of time, but you know just how much time do I want to put into it? Um, and I'm willing to put in a lot of time to get stuff out right now until we get a better process in place. So that's what it can be used for as well. You know um, the recover template that is also in the recovery section that we recommend for all of 2021. It's just a guide. It's just a guy, you, you know, the whole point of learning all this stuff, think outside the box, make it your own. And um, some people said they like to lift weights on the off week. You know, again, like I, I'm at the point with this stuff now where if you're happy, I'm happy. I mean, I would never do extra weightlifting on an off week, but you know what? I don't care about anything except your satisfaction with your workouts and, and where you're going with your fitness. And if you want to do more stuff or stuff outside of this, as long as... You're not holding it against me if it's impairing your recovery, getting in the way of your, your progress with, with, with my workouts I'm giving you to do, th th then that's fine. Again, like if you're happy, I'm happy. So make it work for you. Um, one of the thing people, uh, you know, we have this 20 minute express workout, right? That's for busy people. And, you know, it basically becomes, it's, it's one section of the, of the workouts. It tends to be a little more Metcon focused because 
it's, it just so happens out. I know, I know my members quite well. I've been doing this a long time. The people that want short workouts, they prefer the workouts to be more strength cardio style, more circuit style, Metcon style, complex style. Heart rate and sweat are more important than, you know, really building muscle to most people that want to do short, quick workouts. And by the way, those workouts also don't require as much of a warm up, so you can get more out of 20 minutes in some cases because muscle building workouts just require so much focus. You got to get really warm, get the joints ready to go, et cetera. Um, but, you know, if you can't do the main wow, don't don't look at the 60 to 90 minute full foul on workout as a negative if you can't do it. That's just extra value. You know, it's extra value. And if you want to look at breaking things down, like you like to train every day, but you can't train a long time any any of those days, maybe do express one day. Then maybe you do the 20 minute stacks section on another day. The starters or finishers you could do on off days, or again, like I, I mentioned in a past episode, maybe your more express workouts during the week when you're busy, tight on time and stress the fuck out, but then treat yourself to one full wow on the weekends and make it a half day. Make it your spa day where you can just wake up, have coffee, take as much time as you want to warm up properly. So you go with your mind is right. You're ready to go get a great workout in. And then you have the, the rest of the day to yourself when you're done, whether it be a cheat meal, treat meal, whatever you want to call it, or just a good day with friends, family out in the sun or getting out of the house, whatever. Um, you know, that's, that's how you can look at it. So you can take pieces again and make it your own. I, I we have a lot of members. So what I have to do is give my best recommendation, you know, which is express on Monday, the full wow on Wednesday, Wednesday and Friday, or two more times during the week. But even like I mentioned, I'm, I'm doing mostly two full wows during the week with a larger spacing between workouts right now that might change when things cool down. But I also, you know, I, I like two intense, two really intense focused full body training days a week are probably perfect because if I factor in all of the daily content I'm shooting, which takes its toll on my body and mind, you know, um, I'm getting I'm getting in an extra workout just from the content I, I'm shooting, if not more. And I've got to still stay fresh from our push up and pull up specialization work. And uh, just posted that. Sorry for the delay on that coming. We had some transcoding uploading issues with our Vimeo, which is our streaming provider, but we got it up one and a half rep protocols this month. And uh, now we're starting to enter the mastery phase uh, of this of these movements because one and a half you're doing twice as much work in the most difficult portion of the exercise. In the case of a pull-up, you go all the way up to the top or as far it is for you while maintaining good form. You come halfway back down to the flexed arm at 90 degrees position. Then you go back all the way up. Then you come all the way down and that's one rep. So you're getting 50% more work out of every rep. This is a, like, do you understand that that means it's a powerful technique. You can't use it all the time, but take advantage of it this month because you're really you are really fortifying the joints, maximizing mind-muscle connection and time under tension, and you're spending the most time in the most challenging portion. Again, when when things get start to get easy for you in the challenging portion of a rep, every other part of it gets to cakewalk. Focus on your breathing, close your eyes, do some closed eye sets to really get the mind-muscle connection. Um, and we're working those this month. And, and because I, I still have to work those in, you know, because of the intensity of the training, the full wows at this point, the heat, all the content I'm shooting, I've been shooting for about two days of at least two sets of those, uh, of my PNP specialization work. Uh, it's on the lower end of the volume, by the way, which is fine because every day I do at least like five to 10 
sets of hangs and uh, down dog work. So again, what I'm finding I need more of anyway is just, uh, I've always been weak in the, the, the breathing, mobility, stability part of it. So, and because it's easier, easier to recover from, you know, and it helps me do better at all the stuff I'm doing, you know, that EHO focus on more mobility has been key for me lately because the intensity of the workouts and the heat. But early in the year I was doing, you know, I was working up to three to five sets, you know, three to five days of the week. And Q4, we're going to, I'm going to re, uh, I'm going to, I have a new and improved version of that eight week version pull up plan we did last month that people got crazy results on. It'll be a 12 week and there will be, uh, you know, two strategic breaks in there and peak weeks for testing. It's just going to be a better program uh, building everything we did this year where then I'm going to shift my focus now to doing more sets. So again, focus shifts, but I haven't, I've never stopped and I've continued with at least the minimum effective dose, but uh, more mobility has been what the doctors ordered there. So any questions on that, let me know. Uh, any comments you give to one of our workout videos, I try to respond to in 24 hours during the week. Uh, it might take 48 or 72 hours on the weekend, but uh, if I miss something, let me know or re-comment. Uh, there's just, it's hard to stay on top of all of it, uh, doing the best I can. Um, and just know too, I, I've started to try to find time where I can after I've, I've done all my work for at least answering our members at thedealwebj.com and all the work that I have to do. But I can only usually get to DMs um, once every one to two weeks at most. And typically, you know, maybe once a month I can get to, I just try to answer as many, many as I can during a block. But that's not the place to reach out to me. Um, if you want a fast response, you know, you're a member, um, your, your, your support means your questions get prioritized there. And that's where I'm looking to answer things first. And I apologize if I haven't, I did not do a good enough job of that in previous years. But, uh, this, this year to me was all about taking care of my business and the people that support our business. Everything else is a cherry on the top besides, you know, my family and other important things in life. But I mean, from just really getting the priorities right and, and making always sure that my best stuff is behind a paywall. Um, because, you know, man, you got to reward the people that, that show up for you. And, and there's no, there's no better way to show up for someone than with your dollar. So, um, just know how much I appreciate you. You've continued to fuel me, my creativity, and I'm trying to push myself to keep pushing you to stay the course and get the most out of your training in the most out of your life. I hope you found this episode helpful. Um, I'm going to try to keep a mostly weekly flow with this stuff, but I hope you enjoyed the stuff on heat because uh, I just, it's been mind blowing. And uh, I know Naomi's sick of me talking about it. Naomi won't even go outside. <laughs> she, she went for a 10 minute bike ride, came back. I, I, I was doing some work in my office, opened the door and I saw her on the floor. I was panicking because I've never seen my wife like on the floor, uh, like panting in trouble. And uh, apparently the 10 minute bike ride out in the heat. <laughs> Uh, she's got no heat tolerance and she, but she's, you know, she's been a trooper, uh, filming our social media content in the heat, but I'm so thankful for Chris because I could not get Naomi out for a full day heat shoot ever. I mean, there's no mana shakes of the day or massages I can give to, uh, getting her good graces for that. But, um, let me finish with the date shake. This is a great way to end it off. So I, you know, my, I mentioned my father is Muslim. Um, and Arabs and Muslims in general, like the you know, most faiths or cultures, they have like their, their fruit, right? Um, the ancestral fruit in for Muslims, it, it's dates. You know, my dad actually, my dad had date trees, um, you know, in um, Tunisia where he's from, you know, uh, olive trees, date trees. But at the end of a long day of fasting, no food or water, 
these people, they break the fast with milk and dates. And I've always loved dates. They're not as always uh, commonly available, especially in the Midwest. The dates in California are incredible. And particularly in the desert, apparently just like there's dates are just huge out here in the desert. And they have these date shakes. I've never had a date shake before, but when I went into this particular date shake shop with the world famous date shake, uh, there's like a list. It's like <laughs> they were ranked in the top five of all the date shakes in, in the Palm Springs area. So um, I, Chris and I were laughing about that. Again, they have like, there's like competitive sh date shakes out here. I've never even had one before, heard one until a couple weeks ago, but it's, I don't know what exactly they do, but they're, they're obviously dates. There's ice cream, there's whipped cream, there's, car there's caramel. And it is, it is an explosion. It is a diabetic coma in a straw. But um, at the end of a long day of filming, um, and I like to watch too. I, I was like, Chris, I got to see you have your first date shake. And uh, we both creamed our pants. It was, it was amazing. And we had a nice desert view at the end of the day and a good drive over to the date shake as well. And some of you will notice too, uh, there was like a nice desert theme in some of the graphics or animations, uh, backgrounds of our content, the dailybj.com this month. Apparently Chris got a bunch of inspiration on our drive out to the date shake. Really what it was, it was that sugar high euphoria. Again, I, I don't often take in that much sugar at once, but I have, um, again, when you, when you do a lot of stuff in the heat, you have a higher carbohydrate tolerance. In fact, you need it and uh, you need more carbohydrate. And it was really just like, I highly recommend it. If you haven't had a date, a date shake before, make sure to, at the end of a long week of good dieting uh, or good nutrition or after really hard workout, especially if you're outside with a good sweat, it is, it is, there's, I've never tasted anything more delicious. So it's the truth. And uh, it's like, why wouldn't it be? The, the date is like the sweetest fruit there is. And it's got such a, the way that blends up to it's got like a cake like consistency. So um, be sure to check it out. A couple of final pieces. You know, I know people are always looking for shows. I, we, I, I, I'm not watching much TV lately or nearly as many TV shows or movies as I used to. Um, this is kind of the downtime anyway that the NBA is done, Olympics are done. But uh, if you don't have Apple TV, I highly recommend the show Ted Lasso. What I mean, it's only 30 minutes. It's lighthearted. There, there isn't a lot of lighthearted, positive content out right now. Everything is so fucking heavy and intense and apocalyptic. So um, it's just one of those shows that uh, really, it just, it's just kind of heartwarming. It's not, but not cheesy, which is, you know, that's what I was worried about with this show because I'm used to Jason Sudeikis, the lead character, as kind of being a sar sarcastic prick. Uh, and no one knows a sarcastic prick better than me, but, um, he's just this lovable, positive coach. There's good situations. Um, I really enjoy it. Highly recommend it. It's also a family show if you want to watch with your family and, uh, another good movie to, so there's one TV show. One good movie to check out is pig with the Nicholas cage, both Chris Warner and I joke about this, but I think our, our real dream, you know, we want success. We want to level up our careers. We want our wives to live the life of their dreams, et cetera. But we also would love to have a three-way with Nick Cage. And so we're big Nick Cage fans. Um, he's had an interesting arc in his career. He was the, he was the man in the 90s. Then he became like the butt of jokes in the 2000s. Uh, but apparently this could be, uh, he could win an award for this one. 
really, it's it's a it's a tour de force type movie. You won't really you need time to process it. You got to go in with the right mindset. But uh, really enjoyed that with my wife, uh, Pig, with Nick Cage. First time we went to the theater um, in two years, so uh, that that was nice. I still do like. I, you got to love the uh, first day releases on HBO Max. You know, like nothing beats that. But it, it's also great to go to the theater. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Five-star rating and review is appreciated. We'll be back again, hopefully next week. Peace.